Welcome to Diverse Tech Founders, a podcast about the one thing older than capital, people like you and me. Now here's your host, Abraham J. Williamson. You're listening to the Diverse Tech Founders podcast, the show that brings you the one thing older than capital, people just like you and me. And I'm your host, Abraham J. Williamson. Thank you for listening. We welcome the extra seven, voice. I told him not to come downstairs, so hopefully that, that only works about half the time, so we'll see. <laughs> it's not going to be an issue for us as well. This is a family-friendly situation, man. But I did want to ask you just really quickly, because you have two different organizations. You have We Montage, and you also have Parentpreneur Foundation. So I wanted to yeah. ask you how we should go about uh, teasing both of those out. Yeah, let's, let's talk about the foundation, man. Okay. You know, so, so if we want to get into, like, the history of how I got to this point, we montage is a, plays a big role in all that. So we could chop it up about that a little bit. But really, I want to talk about the foundation because that's really my purpose. And I'm, I'm in alignment right now, and that's really what I'm focused on. And, and just through serving those people and delivering on that, the value proposition we have for the foundation, the other things that I'm working on, the book, the business, those things just organically get lifted up. So I don't need to talk about that. Perfect. Well, let's get right into it. And this is going to be good for us to get to know you better off the platform. So why don't you just start off, start us off and tell us kind of where you grew up? Yeah, so I grew up in Brooklyn, Flatbush. You know, a funny story, man. I just, I found an article from 1985 when uh, I was a kid. And the Dave Winfield Foundation sent a bunch of kids to the All-Star game. And the Daily News featured me and the and I found that article just like crazy. So I posted it on social and he actually responded. So that was cool. Wow. So I see you got the Mets thing back there. You didn't got any, you got, you got some Yankees, you got, you got any Yankee stuff back there? What's going on? There? No, but, but funny enough, uh, so this is just the MLB. We're going to get some Negro League pennants as well. So we might have the okay. black Yankees. So, so you'd be on the lookout for that on the other wall. Okay. And I'm always pushing for the Cardinals, but that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> while we're talking, you were talking about the socials, and I really wanted to know if you could tell us about your tech background. Yeah, so I don't have one. <laughs> so, so, you know, I started this, I don't I mean, who does that? Like, we, I, I started this business, which was WeMontage, which lets you turn your digital images to, into removable photo wallpaper. And we have this complicated custom software and I don't know how to write a lot of code, which is kind of nuts, right? Yeah, but that's so good. What you call a non-technical founder. That's good, because in 2020, you know, anything is really possible. And just because you don't have the talent doesn't mean it's not a part of your team. Uh, well, but it's, why not, it's not a reason to not do it, though, right? You just got to find a way. That's true. It's true. Right. I mean, and that, that's, that's what we it. love about about tech founders or founders in general is that the no quit mentality but let's get into it because i'm really curious to know what is parentpreneur foundation and from yeah. where did this idea come parentpreneur foundation exists to empower black people who are parents and entrepreneurs to be the best parent and entrepreneur possible you know we look at them holistically it's not just you know here's five thousand dollars in grants for your business good luck it's yo like we want to help put some money back in your business account Here's some resources to help you grow your business, but also how can we help you level up and be a better spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, mom, dad, you know, how can we help you raise the light filled children that you can send out into the world? And ultimately that will be our gift to humanity. Nice. Wow. And in relation to the technical solution of Parentpreneur, what would you say, what can you identify as the technical solution for which your, your foundation solves? Well, it's not, you know, it's not so much technical. 
it's not it's more of a holistic view of human beings you know in the we're not the stereotypical 20 something hoodie wearing white kid living in mom's basement right with no real problems they think they got all the problems we don't try going to start something like that when you got a spouse count on you you got mouths to feed you're trying to get to revenue and product market fit you know you're trying to keep your mind right keep the anxiety monsters from turning your stomach to a bloody pulp yo and then you black on top of that lord have mercy jesus it's a totally different dynamic and so if i just answer your question real quick just bear with me because a little bit of a story but so i was living in the middle of northeast nowhere northeast wisconsin and, and nina wisconsin near appleton if you ever in New York, if you ever look at those little sewage manhole covers, it says Nina Wisconsin, Nina Foundry. That's the place to make those things. Anyway, Nina Wisconsin. Yeah. So it's not exactly a bastion of tech entrepreneurship. I was trying to get the, the business off the ground, struggling. You know what I mean? Had went all in the last thirty-five thousand of my savings to get this alpha version of a website built. Like I said, I don't know how to code. And uh, I was lucky enough to get into an accelerator generator, which was a two hour drive from home each way. And in the middle of me working on this thing, uh, you know, my ex-wife now decided she wanted to have kids. We did IVF. We put in two eggs. Wow. We got having twins now. I'm like, oh, I don't want to cuss. Oh, crap. Right. I'm like, oh, this is like just got really real. Right. So the kids were supposed to be born the end of March. The program was over early April. So I'm like, all right, this timing is good. Let's get it. Right. So it was a day before, two days before I was supposed to start the accelerator. We had to take the kids out because, you know, she went on bed rest. There was a problem with my son, his placenta, and blood flow. And we're like, if the blood starts going backwards, we got to take the kids out. Otherwise, he would die. We had to take them out. They were three months early. They only weighed two pounds a piece. Yeah, I, mean, I could I start to cry every time I think about it. Um, but, you know, I wasn't going to go, but I knew if I didn't go to the accelerators, we montage was dead. But my ex, she was like, yo, you know, you know, go, just come back, you know, we'll go to the NICU, we'll do it. We, we need this thing to work, right? So I'm driving back and forth <laughs> with Madison. Bro, I'm like up every morning at 2 a.m. in the morning because I can't sleep. Hey, bro, you could have walked up to me and say, yo, what up, James? I stopped crying. It was freaking hard, man. You know what I mean? <clears throat> I had a super dope, talented dev on my team who was a recovering addict. He's very unreliable, freaking brilliant. You know, so just just the challenge of all that. But fortunately, we got to demo day. I mean, the kids came home. My daughter came home at six weeks. My son came home at 10 weeks. And we got to demo day before I went on stage, I got a phone call and one of the angel investors we pitched, he was like, yo, we're going to fill your whole round. Like, what do you mean? He said, we're going to give you $250,000. I was like, oh my God. Thank you. (laughs) Right. So, you know, we started the business and the product is dope. Uh, It still actually hasn't caught on mainstream wise. Even I got it on the Today Show, Good Morning America, Money Magazine. Martha Stewart, DIY Network, on and on and on. All that I did on my own, by the way. So if you need to get PR for your business, you should really should not be wasting your money paying anybody to do that for you. We can talk about that some other time. <laughs> but, uh, and, and oh, by the way, PR does not necessarily equal cash flow. So really, how much time do you want to spend on that anyway? But again, you got to do that, right? 
So after I started the business, I started a blog and I started the blog with the intention of using that content to inspire a book that I would write to inspire millions of parentpreneurs around the world to be the best possible parent and entrepreneur they could be. So I wrote the books called The More You Hustle, The Luckier You Get, You Can Be a Successful Parentpreneur. It's on Amazon. Some people have described it as the realest book about entrepreneurship they've ever read. So if you're out there, you want something really interesting to read, it's an easy read, pithy, you know, just short chapters, no nonsense, like right between the eyes. It'll make you laugh, it'll make you think, it'll make you cry, it might give you a little agita. <laughs> That's the life, right? Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button. This podcast is made possible by listeners just like you. So thank you for subscribing. And now back to the show. So then after I wrote the book, I was like, you know what? One of these days after I sell We Montage for 50 million, I'm going to take a million dollars of my money and use it to see a foundation to help other black people who are parents and entrepreneurs. So initially it was going to be for everybody, for just for parentpreneurs holistically. But then George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, all this stuff started happening, right? But even before that happened, I had a chance coffee meeting back in March, the beginning of the Rona. And I was telling this story to somebody. They were like, yo, like, what are you waiting for? Do it now. And I understand that within every crisis are the seeds of opportunity, if not outright opportunity. So I was already looking for opportunity. And when they told me that, I was like, all right, this is God. To me, this was God inspiring me through them. And that's very important to me because every day when I finally get out of bed, I, I was like, all right, God, just tell me what to do today and just give me two to three things that I could do that move me further down the path of my life's purpose. So that's what I do. So when those things, types of things happen, I pay attention. And it's interesting that now that I've been taking that approach, life is a lot easier. I'm not banging my head against the wall nearly as much as I used to. So, so Breonna Taylor, all that happened. And I'm like, man, you know, I'm like, screw this. I'm like, oh, and then I had this incident with my neighbor over here. This, I had my own Karen experience. This one was terrorizing, like, me and my girlfriend, man. We had to call the police on her to file a trespass warrant against her. So after that, I was like, that's it. I'm like, yeah, this foundation for black people. Like, screw that, right? I'm looking at these Fed Reserve charts and the median uh, black family worth relative to the white family worth, you know, they got 10x more money than us. I'm like, that gap's never going to close. You know, so we got to do our part. And what's crazy is before I made that decision, I was chopping it out with Brad Fell by email. Uh, you know, Brad Fell. Tell us, for those who right. don't know. Brad who's... Fell is, you know, super tech VC, co-founder of Techstars. He's just a freaking boss. You know what I mean? He's just, just Google him. He's a boss, right? Um, I met him back when I was going to accelerate. I stayed in touch, followed his blog just organically. He did a review of my book on his blog. He loved it, which is cool. It's also books. Um, that was dope. Uh, but I was chopping up about the foundation in general, and he was giving me the regular rigmarole. Oh, it's so hard. It, you know, it's hard to do a foundation. And I just think, yeah, I was respectful. I'm like, well, look, don't tell me about what's hard, man. You know, yo, I grew up in the hood from Brooklyn. It's hard. Right? I ain't trying to hear about what's hard because I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, I'm black. I'm a tech founder. I mean, nobody cares. Like, it's hard. Like, so anyway, I got an email from him after George Floyd. It was just a subject line. It said, um, game for a 30-minute Zoom? 
There was nothing in the body of the email. I'm like, right? <laughs> that face right there. I'm like, hell yeah, right? Like, I'm like, was there something else you wanted to say to me? There was nothing in the body of the email. And he was like, yeah, I got two questions for you. He said, one question. He said, what two things are you working on addressing racial injustice and inequality in the black community that I can even put my time, money, or attention to? I'm like, oh, hell yeah, let go, right? Like, let's go. <clears throat> so we get on a Zoom. I mean, you think everybody's trying to get 30 minutes of Brad's time. Everybody. I mean, he's just, he's the man. Yeah. And he's a great guy, too, by the way. Um, so we did a Zoom. He's posted up in his big house in the middle of Colorado, some boulder somewhere. You know, he lives in this big, a gajillion acre situation. It's like, anyway, he was just like, you know, I'm this rich middle-aged white dude. I woke up irritated on Sunday and I couldn't figure out why. My wife, Amy, we talked about it. And I've realized the reason I'm irritated is because historically I've supported black entrepreneurship initiatives, but I'm rich, I'm middle-aged, all this stuff is happening. I got to do more. So he said, I'm reaching out to my black friends. He said, I consider you a friend, even though it's been virtual from a distance. I was like, wow, it's very flooded by that. Like, I knew he'd like me because he was going to put my book review up if he did it. But I didn't know he was feeling me like that. And he was, and he is. So I told him I decided to make the foundation for black people only. He was like, fantastic. Which is ironic because I was talking to some black people about that. They're like, oh, you can't do that. I'm like, really? But the dude who writing the check thinks it's a great idea. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm a little, I'm a little extra. You didn't know this the first time either. No need to apologize. But I'm very passionate about what I do. You know, That's so, clear. So he was like, all right, why don't you do this? So he said, why don't you throw up a 12-month operating plan for the foundation to a Google Doc and we'll co-create it. I'm like, oh, word. Look at his face. Look at his face. Look at his face. Because you know what that means, right? If he's co-creating it, that means he's co-owner. And I'm like, at that point, I'm like, okay, he's probably going to write me a check. But I didn't know for sure. So I put it together. And he was like, okay, this is a good first pass. Like he said, what would six months look like? So, all right, I did that. All right, he said, this is dope. Uh, he said, assume three things. One of which was a $50,000 C grant for my foundation that we will wire. One of which was, I hope you make some noise, which he did, he put on his blog, and I hope you reach out to some other heavy hitters, which he actually is doing now. And I got, I can't say who yet, but I just got a $10,000 written commitment from when I tell you, you're gonna be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you that. <laughs> but what was, what was crazy, so one of the things that I'm super passionate about is everybody knows black founders, We have a harder time getting access to capital, right? That's why you guys are doing what you do, right? But the piece I think is not sufficiently discussed is the lack of social capital. Because in my view, the lack of social capital, it not only keeps us from executing brilliantly on our would-be good ideas, it, and this is the most insidious piece, it keeps us from imagining what's possible. Yep. And our children... Our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, they deserve better. Yeah. We got to do better. And let me tell you a quick social capital story about how this foundation got started. That just going to push your wing back. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button. This podcast is made possible by listeners just like you. So thank you for subscribing. And now, back to the show. 
Brad's like, all right, I'm ready to wire you the fifty thousand dollars. But oh, by the way, I need to be able to do it tax deductibly. So, like, what's up? I'm like, all right. So I'm looking into this. It takes the IRS one to three months to approve five hundred one c three status. And that was before the road up. Oh, by the way, actually, now it's four to five months, right? So now I'm big man. I'm like, I can't get my money because I got to wait on the government. I'm like, yo, this is whack AF, right? How whack is that? It's whack. So, so he was like, have you ever heard of the 1K project? I'm like, nah, what's that? He's like, oh, that's uh, Alex, who's a big muckety-muck VC out of New York. He said him and some of his dudes, they started this, this organization to give $3,000 to people who were displaced, who lost their jobs because of COVID. So $1,000 a month for three months. And at the time, they gave away a million dollars. So Alex, he the kind of dude, yo, that you would be emailing 50, 11 times, you would never get a response. Brad sends an email. We got a response the same day, next day. He was like, yo, you gave me to talk to James about 1K Foundation, what aspects of the business model he could replicate. And Brad was pushing me to write out of the blocks to, to give away money so we could have impact and credibility right out of the way. And that's just, that's what's so important about working with somebody like that that understands the game, right? So Alex was like, sure. I'm like, around like, I would have just be mailed this dude like 50 times. He never would have responded. He's like, sure. Calendly link. Here's 20 minutes for office hours. We hop on the phone. It's Thursday. At the end of the call, I'm expressing my frustration about the 501c3 things. He's like, oh, no, 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 no. That's not how you do it. He said, what you need to do. And I'm like, you tell me that I'm paying attention now. What I need to do or what I need to do. <laughs> <laughs> what you need to do is just because he said, this is what we did for the 1K Foundation. We don't have our 501c3 designation either. We partnered with this company out of Madrid called Open Collective. He said, get on that platform. You will immediately be able to accept tax deductible contributions. My mind is like blown. He sends a, a double-sided introduction using some beta version, some bridge or something like that. I don't know what it's called. It was good, except that they had emails kept showing up in my spam folder. So they probably need to fix that. But anyway, um, <laughs> but he sent an email. Pia's like, sure. So that was Thursday. Tuesday, I'm on a Zoom with Pia. She's in Madrid. I'm chopping it up in a little Spanish because I finished up my MBA in Barcelona. So I hablo poco espanolo. You know what I mean? So when we started talking turkey about the business, I was like, this is straight English because I don't need to be confused about nothing. <laughs> so we started <laughs> Bree, why are you laughing? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Talking turkey. Laughing? Talking turkey had me dead. I'm sorry. Talking turkey. We get to talk to turkey. I'm like, oh, nah, no more Espanol. English, por favor. Right? So, so, but she was like, yeah, this is what we need to do. This is what we need to do. Blah, blah, blah. Boom. So that was Tuesday. Wednesday, I was up on Open Collectors platform. Thursday, we had the $50,000 wire from Brad Bell. That's social capital. Right? Yeah. And solve that problem for you. I mean, I'm sure you interact with a lot of entrepreneurs who are aspiring to have those type of connections and so social capital to get to where you are. So how do you prove to other folks that you can get people who don't have sort of your charisma, your talent? How did you prove to those investors for your foundation or for We Montage, to be honest with you, that your customers were going to use the product? Uh, so you're talking about We Montage or the foundation? Well, I'm curious so, to know for both. I mean, with We Montage, I mean, that's a, a really cool idea. <laughs> now I'm really kind of focused on yeah. this foundation. Like, why did they think that yeah. you were the person? Well, so I think I feel like that's a multi-pronged question you just asked. There, you know, like, why am I the guy to do it versus, you know, how did I get access to the people or whatnot to make it happen? 
That's kind of what you're asking me, right? Yeah, and also, like, how did you prove that the, there was a need for this, that people would use it? Because there's so many people touting these resources here lately, but I haven't really seen folks doing what yeah. you're doing. But how did you prove that it was actually not just a good idea, but something that people were, were essentially dying to have? Yo, see, it's timing, though, right? It's, so, I mean, Brad gave me 50000 He didn't give me $5 million, right? It's a C. So I'm thinking about this foundation as, like, you know, not just an MVP, but an MVF, a minimum viable foundation. Yeah. How can we get the product market fit with the foundation? How will I know? And, I, and I, I'm seeing it already. Like, fam, we started this thing in, like, July. <clears throat> in two months, the amount of progress we made has been unbelievable. You see the stuff that I post. I mean, I'll just run down, and I, I may forget some of this, so I apologize. But we gave away $10,000 in grants. We approved for AWS. So any of your people out there listening in your community, if their website is on AWS, join the foundation community. Just go to the website, parentpreneurfoundation.org, click community, just join. At the top in the feature section is an article about how we're giving away $5,000 in credits for AWS. We've given away $35,000 already in credits. We approved for up to 50 people. That's only seven people who've applied. That's because most people, most of the people they have stuff on Shopify. But this is hardcore tech. Like we montage is on AWS. I signed up for it. So I don't have to worry about that stupid $200 a month AWS bill. Oh man. And then I got Seth Godin. You know who Seth Godin is, right? Tell our listeners though. Yeah. So Seth Godin is just a marketing beast. You know, he's a legend. Google him. So many best selling books. He's got the all MBA. He's got this Akimbo marketing seminar thing that he does. I mean, I connected with Seth back in 2016 when my remontage was shutting down and the website was broken. And I get an email from some dude named Seth Goins like, yo, error on your site with a screenshot. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, okay, this, this is Seth Godin. God, you are hilarious. You sent Seth Godin to the website when it was winding down, it was collapsing under its own weight. It was him. The real Seth Godin. The real, the real Seth Godin. It was him. What's up, man? I told you I'm on a call. There it is. <laughs> you, can take, you can take off your iPad. Hey. Down, there you go. All right. I think you really dropped some gems for me, especially. And I think to our listeners, they're going to really want to know what is a piece of profitable and priceless advice that you've received while you were building your MVP. If you're enjoying the show so far, remember you can always enjoy the latest resources on our website at d-tech.fund. That's dtech.fun. Back to the show. I talked a little bit about it before, and this wasn't so much advice. You know, people are like, oh, what inspires you? And I'm not externally driven. I'm not. I'm internally driven. So it's not that somebody's inspiring me, but like now I get inspiration, I told you, from God. And I'm not working nearly as hard as I used to do. And it's, I swear, yo, I'm like saying things now and they're happening. It's amazing. It's amazing. Oh, so let me finish telling you this, Seth Jordan. Because so, Seth Jordan, Seth, no, this is amazing. Seth Jordan came in and did a Zoom for the community. Seth charged $75,000 to do his own. He came in for free. It was incredible. He was like up in his attic or something. He had all like these old school props at the ready. Oh, yeah, my first book I ever did was this. Here it is over here. Pulling up from like 1980. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. I did this book, Fahrenheit 451. I did this book cover. I'm like, what? Yeah, Herbie Hancock sent an email that wanted me to do a cover. It was just bananas. 
But then he like, yo, he gave scholarships to every single member of our community for his Kimbo Marketing work, awesome. Workshop wow. who applied. That's a $750 gift. So everybody who applied got a scholarship, right? So that starts next week. And we're all pumped about it. I set up a little group. And, so I spun up a Mighty Network community. Mighty Networks is dope. You guys know about Mighty Networks? No, we don't. But no, we you us. got our attention. <laughs> <clears throat> MightyNetworks.com. Check it out. It's a it's a it's an it's an app. It's a you know it's a website, but it's just a beautiful app and beautiful website and a way to organically build community. It's like Facebook, but not on Facebook. And it's just it's better. I mean, it's a little bit of friction. But I remember I heard um, Sean, whatever his name is, the guy who did all the growth hacking for um, Dropbox. He said. Desire minus friction equals conversion. So wow. I say that because having this thing on Mighty Networks, there's friction there because it's not the organic thing that people normally do, which is their Facebook app. If they're still doing it, I deleted my Facebook app. So so now they got to actually be intentional. They can either download their Mighty Network apps. I'm constantly promoting to download, download, download. But I think they see they need to do that now because now they have the fear of missing out. And I'll tell you why in a second. So I'm delivering all this value. So the desire to be engaged in the community, like the feedback, the testimonials we're getting now, just like really humbling and flattering me. And people are so thankful for what we're doing from, you know, we gave away $1,000 in food gift cards from Focus Brands. That's an Atlantic company. All right, we gave, we, they donated 50, $20, gift cards that we gave away first come, first serve. And I think about that. You're a parent, so you got kids, you're hustling an entrepreneur in your business. You got Rona schooling right now, like I got every day. Tired, man. And then every, you ain't trying to be doing no cooking, man. You, trying, you know what I mean? Your, your pockets is like, you know, you might have some lint. <laughs> <laughs> this is a blessing, man. So there's that. We did the same thing. They got scholarships. Oh, we paid for therapy for 10 people in the That's community. Awesome. That's awesome. Right? Black people around here talking about, we don't like therapy, man. You got to be crazy. Black people, 20%, according to Columbia University, black people, 20% more likely to have mental health issues than white folks, right? And oh, by the way, if epigenetics is really a thing, you know what epigenetics is? We do. But right. explain it. Explain. Yeah. That's the... So that's, that's a theory that, you know, whatever trauma you experience attaches to your DNA and your ancestors not your ancestors, your descendants inherit it. So we around here talking about we don't eat that, we're going to see the passive. The passive? You need to go see a professional. Because we got 400, that's true, we got 400 years of trauma. 400 years, man. So so we're shattering those stereotypes and the stigmas around mental health. And we pay for 10. And like, this is so incredible. So we have a woman in our community. She's an entrepreneur. She's a renowned black female psychologist. And... She's doing a talk next week on how to balance parenting and entrepreneurship. That's awesome. You know what she did? She sent me a message. She's like, yo, what you're doing with this mental health thing is great. Like, I want to contribute. She sent me $1,100. We paid for five more people. Bam. Yeah. And this is how I know people are like, they're paying attention now. Because when I drop, when I, he's like, right, that's fantastic. Right? How good is that? When I dropped that link, when I dropped that article and it went out, yo, some of you in type form are like, when we get to... 10 or 15 or whatever it is, it automatically closes. Yo, that thing, the first thing, that thing was full in 15 minutes. Wow. People are like, it's full already? I'm like, and then we did the next <laughs> one. Here's five more. That thing was filled in 10 minutes. I'm like, I told y'all you better pay attention. Yeah. I'm not here playing. Yeah. We are not playing. Yeah. 
That is fantastic. I'm hearing a, a lot of, of people who have been able to influence you. Like you said, your inspiration comes internally. Uh, but we like to ask which artists you most kind of relate to because we see a clear line uh, connecting creatives and artists with entrepreneurs, right? Because you treat, you're, you're trying to draw out the beauty. You're trying to see things that other people can't see and connect and just bring out kind of nature's latent beauty, but lack of a better phrase. So which artists do you sort of most relate to as you're moving back and like forth? Like a visual or, artist? Uh, it could be an individual. It could be a group, a, a group of creatives, but we're really trying to get at like, what artistic communities do you connect with the most? Uh, don't be mad, but I don't. Okay, so in the <laughs> we're not mad at that, but we want you to explain when you encounter an artist, what is that interaction like, I guess? Yo, like, I appreciate it. I love soulful house music. After things I like to do, you know, most people don't like to do. I love soulful house music. I used to love to go play golf. I used to love to go salsa dancing. <laughs> this is not normal, right? But... I would go dancing, and for me, to so you ever been to Atlanta for House in the Park? Yes. Oh, man, you, you know what that's like, right? <laughs> yes, it's It's amazing. just like an incredible, spiritual, black family reunion. Right. It's and a, it's a, for our viewers, House in the Park is where you go to... Um, no, no worries. House in the Park is where you go to Piedmont Park, and they have a bunch of local artists it's a festival and the artists are playing and you're usually under a pavilion and there's a lot of community. Yeah. There are um, fixtures, there are artisan things and Amazing. vendors being sold. There's all soul that. food, vegan food, all, all kinds all of, it's a, it's a pan-African celebration. It's amazing. It's yes. amazing. So they, they moved it to Grant Park, but this year it was virtual, which was great. They did a phenomenal job because they had all the footage from all the previous events playing in the background. That thing gave me like, but the point is, like, that's a spiritual experience for me, man. Like, I mean, I don't know, so the last house in the park I went to, well, I think when I first moved here in 2017, DJ Kemet played his Down in Summer joint, man. And I swear, I think I saw Jesus, man. It was amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so I'm really like, those things inspired me, man. I just, I, I get inspired by people who are keeping it a buck, in alignment, living and fulfilling their purpose. I'm not, like, I don't, I don't really, like, we were talking about Instagram so much, like, we only have a couple hundred followers, like, I don't care, because I'm scrolling through most of that stuff, and I'm like, I don't get it, like, who cares, like, like, who cares, it's not inspiring to me, like, I don't listen to, to rap, because it's completely uninspiring to me, Yeah. R&B, same thing, it's uninspiring to me. My question is, for the things that do inspire you, specifically communities, what communities do you think really support you and push Parentpreneur <laughs> Foundation? Like, who can oh, you always great. rely on? Oh, boy. Uh, Y'all? <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're just getting started, right? And that's going to be an evolutionary process. The one thing I liked about you, man, from the beginning is that you were like, you saw what I was doing and you were rocking with me from the beginning. Right? But that's not how most people are, especially not in the black community. Right? In the black community, we don't rock with other black people. And I'm going to say this, some people might disagree, they might get in their feelings, but I don't care because it's the truth, at least from my perspective. But we don't rock with other black people, if, unless they're a celebrity, right? Unless they have white adjacency. 
You're totally right. I mean, you have to overcome being able to have something be all black and people still think that it's beautiful. Not that it has to be all black, but if mm-hmm. if that's a determining factor on whether or not you support people, you should explore that and, and, and critique that internally. And, and that's what I liked about you. It wasn't about necessarily you're trying to do this. You were trying to help people. Period. And you were just adding value. You didn't care what you... You were just adding value. You didn't care who was listening. You were just adding value. I don't care. So so some people in Atlanta are starting to pay attention, right? So I talked about Focus Brand. That's Kat Cole's. Kat Cole, like, she has an amazing story. Uh, Kat's actually not black. She's white, right? She was like, yo, how can we help? Like, boom. Um, So Crystal Edmondson from Atlanta Business Chronicle, she was great. She uh, did a little bit of feature on it, included me in an article she wrote. She included Pamela, uh, she included my man Charles Berry, who was one of my beneficiaries in an article. Uh, and then she did a follow-up article with Pamela Booker, one of my beneficiaries, and included her in an article with, uh, what's the sister from Honeypot? B? Oh, I know exactly who you're talking about. Is it B something? Is it B? But I she's in Atlanta, so it's an article for Pamela. <laughs> like, worry, that's what's up. So now you're in an article with, with that sister. That's that's a, that's a dope look. That's been and now we, were, we were on WABE. That's the NPR affiliate here in Atlanta with Rose Scott. And she interviewed Pam Booker and myself. Pam's company is called Coils by Nature with a K. It's like this all-natural vegan certified hair care, natural skincare, deliciousness, cornucopia. So we're not necessarily, we're not trying to help necessarily people with tech. It's just if you're black and you're a parent, you're an entrepreneur, we're here for you. Right. So those are the people that have been rocking with us so far. But, you know, it doesn't matter because we have a compelling value proposition. We're executing it brilliantly. And as long as we keep doing that, those people will have no choice but to pay attention because it's so different from a lot of what you see. Absolutely. I mean, I can feel your magnetism, the vacuum. Like you said, it's only a matter of time. And I'm curious because you mentioned this at the beginning and you've been talking about it here recently, uh, where you are versus where you are from. And I'm wondering how being from Brooklyn and Flatbush actually gives you an advantage in Atlanta's burgeoning startup scene, which here in 2019 finally hit a billion dollars in startup venture capital. So I'm wondering how being from New York, being from Brooklyn, being from Flatbush has impacted your experience in Atlanta. All right, man, I'm going to keep it a buck. So I went to Morehouse. So Atlanta is like my second home. Right. But I've been gone for a long time. I lived here for 12 years. I'm excited to be back in Atlanta. As far as I'm concerned, it's Wakanda. You know, you got a man in Keisha that day. But as incredible as the city is, as much as it's a up and coming, burgeoning, world class city, you know, it's not there yet, but it probably will be at some point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's a great, great city, but it's still provincial. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button. This podcast is made possible by listeners just like you. So thank you for subscribing. And now back to the show. They don't know you. And I just got back in 2017. People looking at me like, hey, I'm like, who are you? You went here when I left. But <laughs> they, they here, right? <laughs> but so I'm not one of the cool kids yet. But I don't want to be one of the cool kids. That's the irony of it because I don't. Yeah. These are things that that we develop early on. Like a lot of people do care a lot, but for you, maybe it's because Brooklyn, like, you know, that that's kind of how So here's one of the things that Seth Godin told us when he came and talked to us. He said, Stop doing things to get noticed. Do things that will inspire 
your customers to go tell 10 of their friends. Mm -hmm. Powerful. So that's what I'm doing. It's a powerful message. And I'm wondering with Parentpreneur Foundation, if you could only keep sort of one feature or one element the kind of the core if you had to strip everything away and start over yeah. i know it's early now but if you had to start back again at first principles what would that one feature one element be i guess it would be i would have been focused more on what seth gordon said from the beginning versus like a few weeks ago because now because once i started thinking about that so what's cool about mighty networks they have this ambassador program so anytime somebody refers their friends and they join if they use their invitation link it keeps track so I noticed like in the last couple of weeks, we've been getting a lot more people joining who got referred by people. And to inspire that, and I actually emailed back and forth with Seth about this, and he was like validating my thinking about it. And so if you refer to people who join, that's the Bronze Ambassador Program, you get a $10 gift card from Coils by Nature. That's dope, right? And I specifically, I reached out to Pam. They're like, Pam, like, how can I send some customers your way? I was like, what's your average revenue per order? You know, how are your margins? We talked about all that. And she was like, yo, I out. So my average order is about 50, 75 bucks or whatever it was. I don't remember. Maybe it was a hundred. I don't remember. But she's like, yeah, $10 gift card. That would be great. Cause they always use more than the $10. So we'll make money and then they'll be trying my product. So we'll have some more customers. I'm like, that's what I want to do. I want to send you some customers. And when they use that thing, you make money and they come back and you continue to make money. So that's the one thing. So the next level is 10, refer 10 members. That's the silver. And I was like, all right, God, I need something super dope to be able to give to people, to get them to refer 10 people. And I just went on LinkedIn and pinged the old dude I used to work with, who's now the brand manager for Marshall. You know, they got these super dope new uh, Bluetooth speakers out right now. And he was, I was like, what about that speaker right there, Emerton? He's like, yeah, we can't do that because it's sold out. But he said, you can reach out to the brand manager here. We can do a coupon. I'm like, yeah, coupon's not going to cut it. Like, I want to give somebody stuff for free. So he connected me with the brand manager. And then she was like, what about, we also do marketing for Adidas. They got these really super dope sports wireless headphones, Bluetooth. We could donate that if that way help you grow your community. That's a $150 headphone. Yeah. She's like, yeah, we got 30 of those for you. Wow. People are referring to members. They look up two days later. They got some dope wireless sports headphone. They can run and ain't going to fall off. Right. So now it's got to figure out what I'm going to do for the goal, which is 25 members. But focusing on that kind of stuff beforehand, I think would have been a would have been more helpful. That's good. And building that community and growing. That's yeah, that's man. solid, man. And, and that's, that's right. So so we're up nearly seven X growth wise since the beginning of um, August. Wow. That's awesome. By your community members doing a lot of the legwork and bringing other people in. Well, well, yeah, when they see they keep getting all this value, they're like, yo, this is amazing. Like, I'm in all these other Facebook groups, but these other Facebook groups, these people run these groups because at the end of the day, they're just trying to monetize those groups. Yep. Come to my next seminar. I'm like, I'm not trying to do that. Yeah. It's strictly here to help you be a better parent entrepreneur and raise delightful children. That's Period. So the next question is what we like to call our billion-dollar question okay and we want to know from you because it kind of gives us insight into the end that you have in mind but also sort of how you feel as you get larger so do you want to run a billion dollar foundation why or why not i don't, I don't know about the size of it man but i, I want to be able to give away ten thousand dollar grants to a hundred people around the world periodically that, that could be quarterly that's a million dollars, right? 
So whatever we need to have from an endowment standpoint to let us do that. And it's not just the money. Again, it's also I want to have a relationship with Target and these companies that say they want to support black retail that they will say, all right, you send us your top 50 people in your community in this space. We'll give them a serious look. We won't guarantee we'll give them retail space, but we'll give them a serious look. I'm like, that's all we want because those people on their own cannot get to those decision makers because they don't have the what? The social capital to do it. So we grease those skids for them. They can get a couple of people into those places without them having to do the heavy lifting. That's just awesome, man. If you got a young baby, if we could have Procter & Gamble or Kimberly Clark say, you know what? We're going to donate one year's worth of diapers for 100 people in your community, diapers and wipes every year. Man, you know how much money I'm putting back in people's pocket? That's awesome. Diapers expensive, man. I don't have that yet. But I'll get it, I promise you. I can't tell you how exactly when. It's going to happen, though. If you speak it, it comes into existence. A question, you know, because we support you. We here at DTEC, we support you. Um, and I want to know, what do you think we can do to support your foundation? I, I appreciate that. That's a great question. So we have four things that we need to do. They all need to be happening simultaneously. Right? I love the specificity. Yeah, well, that's the business model, right? These are the key activities in our business model. Right, we need to be growing, you know, increasing awareness, you know, through PR and word of mouth, right? We need to be building our community. We need to be getting access to resources with corporate partnerships, like we've been talking about with the gift cards and the, and the diapers and all that. And of course, we need to do fundraising because it ain't free. Like, you know, this, this is my primary objective right now. So like, it's got to keep going, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So those four things, like if you could help with any of those four things from your your community, you know, here's the thing, like, man, people understand, like as little as, if, if a thousand people donated $25, that's 25 stacks, right? Mm -hmm. We could do a little grant, we could give some more therapy. So we got to pop up on the website, like visit the website, click the donate button, make a donation. Donate $100, 25, whatever, I don't care. It's tax deductible, just do it. Yeah. Just do it. That's powerful. Uh, so I, w I want to know more because you mentioned a lot of ways that you're adding value, a lot of ways you're helping people. You mentioned a number of different verticals, how you're hitting it. Uh, I want to know in your own view, what is the most valuable thing that Parentpreneur Foundation does for its customers? Yo, I just feel like it gives these people hope, man. That's awesome. No, for real. Like, I, they just inspired to keep going. They see somebody cares. Like, for me... I like, yo, if you're a parentpreneur and you're a black parentpreneur, like I see you, I feel you because I've been there, still there in a lot of ways, and I got you. So let's go. And that, and that definitely comes across everything that you touch. I'm wondering, uh, now that we've come sort of to the end of the lineup that we had for mm -hmm. you, I'm wondering, what is a question that we should have asked you or we could have asked you that we didn't, that you want to make sure that you get across before we, we part ways? We just need people to support us, right? You know, if you don't have friends who are black parentpreneurs, tell them to join the community. It's free. Like, it doesn't cost them anything. Like, get in there, look around. Like, you'll see it's, it's dope. Like, we got to grow this thing. Uh, and bless, you know, as we start to ratchet up in terms of the types of people we're talking to, we need to be able to show, like, we got 10,000 people in this community. Like, it's got to be critical mass to validate, you know, that anybody cares about this. It can't just be, like, 500 people, right? which is about what it is right now. But we just started, so that's fine. Uh, but a year from now, it can't just still be that because it'll be like, well, nobody cares, right? But it can't be that because I know people care because they're getting value 
them and they're telling their friends. So tell your friends, support us, like make a donation, you know, amplify our mission on social media. I mean, it drives me crazy that all these so-called woke black people, don't get me started, man. It just... Well, we won't, like, we won't get you started. We won't get you started. <laughs> just but like, you can't, like, amplify if, the work we're doing because it don't matter, but Gladys versus Patty matters? I mean, really? Auntie Teller is more important than, than this? It's not. It's not. Well, in the meantime, in between time, how can we... How can we follow you and see what you're doing? Can you drop those socials for our listeners? Oh, you were not expecting this, were you, man? We we were pleasantly surprised. We were pleasantly surprised. I'll say that. <laughs> he fell back on the sofa with that Auntie Chowder right not, not Auntie. No. Okay. All right. I'll be coming for Auntie now. <laughs> Whatever. They got theirs. I'm trying to help everybody else get theirs, man. As Bria was asking, uh, where can we find you? Where where can yeah, people so, who want to keep so the conversation IG, going? So personally, I'm at Trep Dad, T-R-E-P Dad on IG. Foundation is Parentpreneur Foundation. Twitter, uh, I'm at James Oliver Jr. Awesome. And uh, Foundation is Parentpreneur F on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, that's it. You know, the Mighty the Networks. Mighty oh, Networks. Yeah. So just go to parentpreneurfoundation.org and click on community, and it'll take you. You can press the explore button. You don't have to join, but you can look around the community. You'll see, like, yo, it's just, just really, really good. I'm just, I look at it, I'm just like, man, this is so good. Mm-hmm. And people are now, I was, a couple weeks ago, I was like, people, like, this ain't just me posting it here. Just treat this like Facebook. <laughs> they, they are now. They're like dropping stuff in there, you know, asking questions, putting their wins in there. Like, I mean, like, yes, let's go. That's, that's awesome. Up. But I'm having to, you know, that's that friction thing we talked about, changing behavior. Yeah. And it mm-hmm. takes a little time. So, but I'm I'm very thankful for it. I'm in my journey has we have, we don't have time to get into all that, but it's been, you know, it's been hard. It's been hard. And but I get it now. Yeah. Because there is nobody, nobody walking the face of this earth that is more properly positioned to do what I'm doing than I am. There, it is. there we go. There we go. There it is. Period. Period. Thanks for joining this week on Diverse Tech Founders with Abraham J. Williamson. If you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. You can do it right now. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us too. Thanks again.